Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. San Francisco, are you ready? Boom! I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. And our Los Angeles co-host. Louis Bartone. Ooh, Bartone strikes back. Welcome back. The Bartone strikes back. Here we go. Final game of the first week of regular season NFL, Los Angeles Rams at San Francisco 49ers. Final score, Rams 0, 49ers 28-8-8-8-8-8-8. So let's start with the good. Ray, what did you think? Holy shit. What an ass whooping. Let's go through. Okay, Rams at the 49ers week one opening day of the regular season opening Monday night the second game of a double header Pittsburgh Steelers blow out the Redskins would it be the same case in San Francisco technically Santa Clara all right moving on to the first quarter fourth series for the Rams, second possession of the game, third and eight. Keenum from the gun takes the snap. Ahmad Brooks and Arbstead pressuring the right. Keenum tucks the ball and is sacked by Brooks on the stunt play. Rams would end up punting. Niners, second possession of the first quarter, tenth play of the drive, second and goal. Gabbert out of the shotgun. Hyde to his left. Hands off to Hyde. Stutter step bursts up the middle into the end zone for the touchdown. Point after is good. 49ers taking early Boom. lead, seven to nothing. Moving on to the second quarter. First possession for the Rams. Sixth play of their drive. First and ten. Keenum taking it from the shotgun snap. Looks to throw. Tipped by Quinton Dial. Balls in the air. And intercepted by Navarro Bowman. Turnover by the 49ers defense, who would be the big story of the night. Ensuing drive by the Niners. Fourth and six on the Rams' 41-yard line. Kelly going for it. Second attempt on fourth down by San Francisco. Gabbert takes a snap. Has time. Looks. Throws. Finds Curley, who makes a diving catch. Good for 18 yards in the first down. Same drive, four plays later. First and goal. Gabbard from the gun again. Hands off to Drone. Middle gets plugged. Drone bounces outside. Speeds past the defender and into the end zone for the touchdown. Point after is good from Dawson. 14-0. All San Francisco. Third quarter, both teams would go scoreless. Niners would continue to clamp the Rams, but their defense would make adjustments too. But would it would not last into the fourth. Niners would take a drive into the final quarter of the game. 11th play of a long drive. Third and goal. Gabbert running into the running the no huddle all night long from the gun. Steps back, looks, throws, hits Vance McDonald for an eight yard touchdown pass. Niners dominating 21 to nothing. Next possession for the 49ers. 11th play in another long drive. Second and goal. Gabbert out of the no huddle. Hands off to Hyde. Takes a, takes the ball, shifts right through the hole and into the end zone, which would cap the night on a dominating blowout by the San Francisco 49ers and Chip Kelly's big debut. Also, Gabbert starting debut and Jim O'Neill's starting debut to go along with the entire new 49ers coaching staff uh, I'm going to say originally when I called this game I called it to be 24-17 from the Goldcast Twitter page that was pinned, I need to unpin it now and I thought the X Factor would be Chip Kelly, which to a degree it was, but the bigger X Factor was Two things, the 49ers running game, and more importantly, the 49ers defense. 
who I figured would be better, but I didn't know that they would be this good coming out of the gate. They even looked better than they did last year against the Minnesota Vikings in that Monday night opener. So that was the big story for me. Uh, Huge. I mean, let's be honest. The Rams passing game has always been a little bit lacking. So they looked the, the Niners secondary is going to look a little extra good against this passing attack. So I'd like to see them get tested, which they will against Cam Newton next week. But for now, let's give credit where credit's due. Two picks, two sacks. Gurley was stuffed all night pretty much. And he was frustrated along with the rest of the Rams team. Uh, You, that that's always got to be a frustrating dagger to swallow. Um, and Louie, I know you're not happy about it, brother. I know you're as excited as me, but uh, that's what I saw. That was a big story out of this game. So it is. So so here's the question, Ray, for you, and then I'm going to toss it to Louie. So here's the question, though. Is, is the big story that the Rams' offense is horrible or the San Francisco defense is just that good? Where's the story? I think it's a combination of the two, but considering where the Niners were last year, I think you have to give the edge to the Niners' defense because – I mean, they were swarming. Right, but we're also coming into this game expecting a really strong running game from Todd Gurley and the Rams' offensive line, which they thought was going to be the – that was going to be the lead. They thought it was was going to be a a hide – Girly matchup. That's what it was going to be tonight. And and True. to be honest, that's what it was for the Niners offense. The the running game set up the pass and led the pass more so than the passing did for the offense. And in the Rams case, the Niners defense just kept stacking the box. And when they weren't stacking the box, they were closing in on Gurley with a lot a lot more speed than we saw last year. It was it was a well-disciplined unit. It was a fast unit. It was an aggressive unit. It was a blitzing unit. And I'm not sure if the Rams' offense ever had an answer or an adjustment to really mix it up and give some different looks to this defense. To be honest, I saw some odd looks on the defensive side of the ball more so than I did offensively. Weird looks where there was one where... Eric Armstead was standing up like an outside linebacker, but he was playing inside. And then they had Ray Ray Armstrong playing on the outs- playing a defensive end. He was lined up in the same in the same defensive end technique. Just some interesting little things here and there. Um, but uh, but but I do think it's a combination of the two because Casey Keenum is not a prolific thrower. This is a no. team that re- will rely on Gurley for a majority of the season. And 17 attempts and 47 yards is, is not going to get it done. You're not going to set up the pass if you do that. So, But but the Niners force the Rams to do – the game plan is very simple. If you stop Gurley, you force the Rams to be one-dimensional and say, hey, beat us in the air if you can, and l- let's see how good you do. And uh, Casey and Keenum could not, not really. could not make the throws. And when he did, uh, the secondary was all over it. Boom. All right, so there it is. So Louis, Louis Bartone – our resident Los Angeles Rams fan, let's hear your perspective on this game because clearly, okay, so we already, we sent out earlier today, we sent out our predictions. You predicted the Rams to win. They have lost. In fact, they got, they got shut out. I mean, complete opposite of your prediction. I want to hear your perspective on the game. Thank God that uh, you guys told me that it was a complete opposite of, a, of, of my prediction because I had no idea until this very moment that by being shut out, that was the opposite of my prediction. Uh, you guys, I, can't, I cannot explain. I cannot explain enough how uh, utterly um, salty and irked 
I really am. And I've never said those two words in the, in the same sentence together. I just said that tonight because I am so unbelievably frustrated, you guys. 28-0, to the first shutout for the Rams since 2011. Since 2011. Ooh, five years. Like, that's, you guys, five no, years. Wasn't and nine? I thought it was no, 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 that was that was the first week one shutout. The first overall shutout has been since 2011. That was the first one since 2011. It was it was last time week 16 2011? The stat came up after you had um, you had walked Ooh. away. Yeah, so 2011 was the last time we were shut out. So uh, you guys, here's here's and here's the biggest issue, you guys. Oh my god, oh my god, you guys. I can't argue anything you're saying because my team sucks, you guys. <laughs> like you got like that's the problem is I can't argue any of these points. We looked terrible on offense. We looked undisciplined on defense. Our special teams, where we normally actually have an advantage, because a Jeff Fisher team, that's really the only advantage you can have under Jeff Fisher is to have a, an advantage in in the special teams for some unknown reason. That well, was well, our well, advantage. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You you have some guy against the Seattle Seahawks waving fair catch, but the ball's on the opposite side of the field. I mean, that's normally what happens. <laughs> Right, right. This week, no one fell for it, apparently, because we couldn't put up a point, you guys, a point. We Here's the thing. In the fourth quarter, when we were there in the, in, with the last three minutes, I told everyone in the room, I was like, we should kick a field goal here. Just take the points. This is pure pride. Take the points. It's fourth and ten. What is to be gained by going for it? We've seen what this offense is capable of. And what did they do? They went for it, and Case Keenum threw another interception. You guys, this offense, I'm telling you right now, people are like, oh, it's week one, it's week one. That is the ceiling for our offense. Because here's what every team is going to do against Los Angeles this year. They're going to put eight in the box. They're going to put nine in the box. And they're going to say exactly what, Raymond, what you said. Test, dare, they're going to dare Case Keenum to throw on them. And clearly, he's not going to be able to, partially because of a terrible offensive line, Partially because he's not a good quarterback, and the other part is because there's no offensive. Kenny Britt and Tavon Austin are our best receivers. Like that is garbage, man. That's not good. We don't have a strong tight end. We don't have a strong like anything. They're gonna stack the box and they're gonna take Todd Gurley away like they did tonight, and they're gonna force Case Keenum to throw, and it's not gonna work. My prediction is by week four to five, Sean Mannion comes in. I don't think Jared Goff sees the field this entire year. Sean Mannion, I got to remind people, was a third-round pick last year. He was good. Uh, I liked him this preseason. He had a really good preseason. I think he's the best bet. He sat for a year. He was just really quiet, patient guy. I think he's going to start. Is that going to save us? No. Oh, oh, and let me get to where I know you guys are addressed. That will not save our season. You guys, I don't think people understand how much I'm, I'm – I, I retract all my previous predictions. Do you know? <laughs> Goldcast Gold Nation. Goldcast Nation. You know that predictions episode we released today? Go, I'm out. I'm done with it. The, the Rams are going to finish fourth in the NFC West. There's no question. There's no question. And you could say that I'm overreacting. Um, there's, I'm not because that is the ceiling for our offense. Our defense may improve. If we're lucky, the defensive line will improve. Our secondary is very weak. Our line it will improve. I think that was just an. It was just a weird. Weird game. Aaron Donald lost his cool, which I have not seen his three-year career. Um, I felt like the frustration was evident kind of early on in the game. Super like, early Like on. prematurely, oh, yeah. like to the point where it's like, hey, guys, uh, just buckle down a little bit. And then I thought like, okay, maybe this might change because the third quarter, the Niners got shut out. 
and so I was like, okay, oh, both, maybe, both and, and it was still didn't. it was still a two point game, a two score game at this point in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, maybe something might change, and then you know turnovers and it just the, the defense never let up on the other end. So and here and here's the thing, and, and I agree with that 100 percent because here's the problem is that yeah we we were super undisciplined, and I was like, okay, we're just coming off too hot, we're coming off too hard. It would just take a breather, and then halftime came out and we were shutting you guys out. I was like, great, our offense will catch on at one point. I think we'll be fine. And then obviously they never did. Seeing as how, oh, I don't know. Let me let me just uh, let me just check with this. Uh, Twenty-eight to zero. That's really all you need to know that we didn't do anything. We had under two hundred total yards. Case Keenum, you guys. Case Keenum had seventeen completions for a hundred and thirty yards. That is so. That is a talent. You need to be talented to throw to complete the ball seventeen times and not break at least 150. That's I'm telling you this this team I think I've never had a less amount of confidence in the Rams. I've been a Rams fan for almost 15 years. Never had never had less confidence in a team coming into wow. the season than I do right now. And that's and that's coming straight that's a hot take coming from a die hard. I'm currently wearing a throwback Rams jersey, Gold Cast sure. Nation. I'm in a Rams jersey right now, and I won't take it off. But God damn it, who is I have it? Never uh, been this Warner. Oh, it's a Holt? personal one. It's oh. my it's, it's my last name. It's so I can feel like I was a good football player in high school. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, I've never been this this. this I've never had a, a lesser amount of confidence in a team. We're we're wow. going to be the the last in the NFC West. We're not going to be very good. Okay, okay. So hold that thought. The, the, here's one thing I want to address, and Ray, I'm going to throw it right back to you. Let's talk about the third quarter. And just Oof. how Oof. terrible both offenses look. Now, I have to admit, the running game really set up the first half of the game. And then in the fourth quarter, Blaine really kind of opened it up with some pretty risky passes, like some pretty wild he, passes. He did, but he was inconsistent all night. I mean, all night. I mean, he was. He was now, real quick, the offense. Because I, I do, the third, I do. The third quarter was a mess for both teams. It was just a mess. I do have to throw this in real fast just because it's my it's my it's literally my final point because it's a throwback to what we were talking about. I think honestly, I think it's it, it, tonight's game is like what, what Raymond said, a combination of of the two things of what 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 is the deciding factor go to? Are the Rams really bad or are the the Niners really good? It's 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 middle ground. I think the Rams were terrible tonight. I think we minorly improved. I think the Niners showed. I think the Niners played the way they should have played against a terrible team. But I think when the Niners play against even Carolina, up, even half, and Seattle. even in even yeah, even the up, even the half, you know, the the average, the, the good to great teams in the league, you know, yeah, maybe the Carolinas, the 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 Minnesotas, the Arizonas, the you know, even honestly, the Oaklands. With all due respect, I think the Oaklands. I, I think against those type of teams, I don't think they have a chance because this offense. This defense played the way they should have against this terrible offense. So that was I, I meant to say that point earlier. That was I just had to get that out. I think it was it was a middle of the pack thing. Well, kind of well, thing. just like we said, the Niners' game plan was to stuff Gurley and force Keenum to throw and to see if and, and it ch- worked. Ch- and have him challenge the secondary, and, right, and it totally right. worked. So here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Conversely, that's exactly what the other teams are going to be thinking about for us. They're like, okay, well, look look at Gabbert. I mean, Gabbert had some good throws, and he kind of woke up, but there was so many throws that he couldn't Three make. Three dropped where, interceptions. Where it wasn't Three even. Three dropped interceptions. It's, it's not like 
it's like there was no pressure. It's not like he had a guy in his face or a guy swatting him or something like that. He just literally just made bad throws, like easy yeah. throws. And and that that was concerning to me because that was happening far too consistently throughout this game. And then finally he woke up in the fourth quarter and started to make throws and put together that, that final couple drives he did where he actually looked more like a competent receiver. I don't know if it's like first – if it was first game jitters, Monday night, national spotlight, you know, perhaps that had something to do with it. I mean, who knows? I mean, he's been in the league long enough where you expect him to kind of get over that. But uh, it, it still happened regardless. But here's the thing. This is what teams are going to do. They're going to say, okay, let's let's just plug Hyde and stack the box because that's exactly what Carolina's going to do and force Gabbert yeah. to beat him in the air and see how good he does. I don't necessarily – I, I think Carolina is is their front sevens better than their secondary, so there might be something that Tor it, it, Tory Smith has to have a big game. I don't want to see him doing crossing routes. You'd, I think they need to give him the deep routes. Tory Smith is great north and south. Yes. He's not so good east and west. That he's kind of limited in that. He's not like a Jerry Rice who can run any route blindfolded with the arm and, on a leg tied behind his back. You know, but Tor- nobody's Jared Rice. I mean, no, that's like, I mean, you know, it's, Michael Jordan. Yes, I mean, but mm-hmm. even Calvin Johnson, he can run any route. Uh, Antonio Brown can yeah. run any Antonio route. Antonio Brown. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, Odell Beckham route, Jr. Honestly. can do it too. But Tory, Tory Smith, Tory Smith is probably the best, one of the better post route runners and deep route runners. Mm-hmm. But if you give him a crossing route or like a button hook or something like that, he's not so good at that. He's he's just like pure speed. So you just have to give him that north and south stuff. I know they're trying to mix it up with him, but I don't necessarily think that the uh, the uh, line of scrimmage laterals or the or the the crossing routes, the one I saw where he he dropped it. I don't know how he dropped it or why he dropped it, but he did. But that's what they're going to do. So until uh, the Niners are going to have to figure it out fast, Gabbert's not going to have a whole lot of time to adjust because uh, Carolina's not only going to stack the box to stop the run, but they're going to be in his face pressure-wise too. So we'll we'll see it. I mean, if if the Niners' defense does the same thing and it just becomes a back-and-forth battle, then then we'll know that the Niners are real for real. I mean, because last year they came out and beat up the, the Vikings, and we all thought, oh, man, this is going to be great. They're going to be better than they thought. And then they put up stinkers, you know, left and right yeah. from pretty much then on out. And here's the thing. I think I think a lot of I think a lot of it, and and this comes from being a Niners fan. I think a lot of it is the fact that everyone wants to blame it on Tom Sula, and I understand that, and I think this defense has improved. But you, you guys have not a lot of options. Your guys' number two receiver is Quentin Patton or whatever his name is. I don't even know his name. That is that's his how, name. That's you got how it right. much. Oh, okay, good deal. Then Quentin Patton. I guessed it and I got it right. That's how random this guy is, and he's your number two. Like he's <laughs> that's your guys' number two. I, I think a lot of it comes where you guys. Uh, yeah, the Rams, as bad as the Rams are, we really are going to be doing out, duking out for third and fourth. We're still going to take fourth place, but we're going to be duking it out. Like the Niners, I think you, I, I don't, I don't see, I really don't see much going on here. This is a, this is going to be a quiet, very quiet team this season. I think honestly, I think I really, because again, like you just said last year, when they came out against Minnesota, man. Carlos Hyde was the top running back. Colin Kaepernick looked great. He looked steady in the pocket. Their defense was strong. And that was against a team that is now a Super Bowl contender this season. And I mean, and and that's and that was awesome. I thought that was really cool they did that. And then they come out and like you just said, stink it up the rest of the season. So this year they come out in the exact same way against uh against Saint against the Los Angeles Rams who obviously are going to be way worse than Minnesota was last year and they pull kind of a similar game. Niners won 28 to 20 to 3 
last year in the, in the opener against Minnesota. They won 28-0 tonight. That's that's a better score, but it's not it's not like they put up 43 points. I mean, this team they capitalized on what they could get because our offense didn't couldn't move the ball to save their lives. I think that's well, not, a huge not thing. only that though, but but your defense did nothing. I mean, couldn't stop. We couldn't get any pressure. No pressure and no no secondary. Yeah. So that's honestly, that's a credit that's to the point. improved offensive line. I mean, Trent Brown stuffed stuffed Donald all night long, and I thought they double teamed. I, I kept night. I kept thinking like he's going to get at least one sack. He's going to get at least one sack. It's going to come at some point, and it just never happened. And then he got ejected before he, he got his his last shots at it. Well, let's remember this too, though. Let's remember this. This is the same offensive line that um, allowed more sacks than any other offensive line in all of football. In and, the last two years, over today. last two years, yeah. over fifty sacks, over a hundred yeah. sacks. Wow, two years and none. and none today, none at all. It's a good sign. It's not a bad sign. No, it's not at all. So let me, <laughs> let me ask you guys a question. Let Let's go back to the third quarter, though. Let's go back to the third quarter because that was, let's be honest, that was garbage time offense. Terrible, terrible. I I, I thought the Rams were going to get in it. Get back into it at that point. I Same really did. here. I did too. I thought here I mean, it was awful. It was horrible. So okay, so let let's go back to this. Is that a sign of awesome D's or really bad offense? Because to me, it kind of looked like really bad offense for both teams. I I think again, it was a mixture of the two, especially on the Niner side, because drives were stifled, not necessarily by by like pressure. But I, but they were forcing Gabbert to throw, and he, when he was throwing, he just wasn't making throws. They were they were behind a receiver, or they almost he almost. I mean, how many times did he throw a ball that almost got picked off by the Rams? I'd say at least two, three times. Three, times. three. three. Yeah, I know the exact three. number because I watched yeah. them all three yeah. happen. Three, three times. Yeah. I only three know because that's right next to Louis And here's the, the thing game. against, <laughs> and I, I thought that was going to happen because I mean, you did lose a secondary man in the off season. You're right. You're um, right who had three picks, but you retained the guy who was covering Torrey Smith, who had seven picks, had more than double the amount of picks of the guy you lost last year in the offseason. So mm-hmm. I thought I thought this they still have their most formidable um, cornerback out there. And I thought at some well, and point that's the thing, what this throws. Sorry, go ahead. I just thought that, you know, at some point, if Gabbert keeps making throws like this, not only is the clock going to be ticking for his job, but he's going to turn the ball over. Right. Well, and that's the question. That's the thing is that, like you just said, the guy that was covering Torrey Smith. I mean, you know, what did Torrey Smith really even do? Um, what did Torrey Smith do against that? You know, against the corner. And that's you know, because again, I, I you know, I, I like. Um, we're talking about Tremaine Johnson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Tremaine Johnson is fantastic. He's and that, and that's the thing. He's he's a really good cornerback. I think that's why we felt. For some reason, we felt comfortable dropping Janoris Jenkins. I I wasn't a fan of Janoris. Well, Janoris Jenkins. I mean, sure he he led the pick. He led the league in pick sixes. He only had three picks, so all three of his picks happened to be pick sixes. But he also led the league in big passing plays because he was always looking for that big interception play, and that was his mm-hmm. that was his fault. So he was trying to make the big play to a fault, but you let him go. Um, rather than kind of work with them, I think there was kind of more upside to work with them. That's just my opinion. When a guy has that kind of talent. Um, that's kind of like Deion Sanders' territory when you're returning picks as often as he was. I mean, three times in one season is pretty is pretty rare. Um, right. But at the same time, you kept Tremaine Johnson, and you also have Tim McDonald, who, by the way, is the son of the famous 49er McDonald, too. Oh, yeah. Who's actually oh, a, really, a really good player. Really I good player. I love T.J. McDonald. 
So and, you, and yo, and 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 EJ EJ Gaines is very, is a very good cornerback. He comes. I, I I'm probably wrong on this, but I think he comes from Auburn. He comes from some sort of SEC. He was a really good rookie two years ago. Last year he was real with injuries. I think this year he started. This year he was on the he's on the IR. I think right, not the IR, but he was out this game. Uh, when he comes back, I think that's why we felt confident letting go of Janoris because we have Tremaine Johnson and EJ Gaines. They're two pretty, pretty solid, steady cornerbacks. TJ McDonald's a safety. Mark Barron as that kind of Tyron, um, not Tyron Matthew. Uh, I can't think of his name on the, on the Cardinals, but a kind of like a linebacker slash safety hybrid that he's playing with Mark Barron. Um, it was, but of- but you know what I you know what I saw that that I felt like it was a big difference, and I know that a lot of the Rams fans out there, if they're listening, they're going to agree with this. I saw the lack of James Laurinaitis' tackling ability show mm. its face tonight, <laughs> because that's you know up what, the, man? that's up the middle, and that guy is a tackling machine. <laughs> And that and that is and that's the one thing that I didn't get to say in the last podcast is that honestly, I really don't I didn't mind any of our releases this season besides Laurinaitis. He was the one release that I thought that we really messed up on because again, he not only was he a tackling machine, he's the he was the lifeblood of that defense. Chris Long missed at I think the number was higher, but I know he missed. He went to four Pro, Bowl, plus, Pro Bowls, but the last two years he was. He, he was missed twenty plus games last two seasons. Yeah, yeah he okay, was okay, out well, completely. Hold on, hold on. Let, let's talk the flip side. Raymond, name the four players that you thought really hurt the Rams' defense. The four players they cut. Well, it was three. It was uh, yeah, three. It was Janoris Jenkins, James Laurinaitis, and Chris Long. Although, although to be honest, Chris Long had been injured the previous two years and hadn't gone to a Pro Bowl in three years. So, but he was a four-time Pro Bowler uh, before that. But James Laurinaitis was the inside man. He was like their Navarro Bowman. He he honestly was their worst. He was their biggest their biggest loss on the D. After seeing it now, yeah, because Alec Ogletree is now depending dependent on being the guy, and he's just not man. He's not a, he's not a tackling. He's a really good coverage linebacker. He was all over. He had one of the missed interceptions. He he he's a really good coverage because he was a safety in, at Georgia. He's a right, really so he's good, got good linebacker. Exactly. He's just not he's not the Laurinaitis tackling linebacker that I think he we did really he needed. did lead your team in tackles tonight with eleven. He actually led all defenders on both teams with eleven tackles. So Which so, that's that's awesome. So it's great at the same time, but the you know, for every play that he didn't get, I mean that's those were the plays that were gashing. Points, right. Those are the plays that were gashing you guys exactly. for fifteen yards here, sixteen yards here, and of course four mm-hmm. scores. And four scores. Okay, so here's uh, the next question. Which feels better every time we say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the next question. I'm, I'm going to throw it. You know, I'm going to throw it to you first, Louis. Here's the next question. Mm-hmm. Three drop picks. Where, as a Rams fan, do you see Gabbard? Honestly, like, like no, like just honestly looking at him where he's at where do you see Gabbert three dropped interceptions that could have been caught maybe change the whole course of the game where do you uh, see Gabbert I still see Gabbert as a honestly I still see Gabbert as a better choice than Colin Kaepernick um I could totally see Colin Kaepernick coming in later on in the season and and uh and making me look like a fool for saying that and having a good season but honestly I think he's a better choice than Kaepernick I think you know what it is I really really think Kaepernick is kind of a a, a a worse second coming of Alex Smith. I think he is, Ooh, is a game. That's a yeah. hot take. 
He's a worse no, no no he's a worse second coming. So I'm not saying he's gonna put up with Alex Smith, but he's he's a worse so second hold, coming. Hold on, hold on, break that break mm-hmm. that down. Break that down. Yeah, I, I, I'd love I to. I'd love that. to. What what I how I see Blaine Gabbert is he is a he again, how many deep shots I would love to pull up the stat for how many deep shots this guy took. I didn't see him throw the ball farther than twenty yards once tonight. And he has, like your like like our like our co-host Raymond says, one of the best deep threats in the league. And he did not even look to his way. I understand he was going against Tremaine Johnson. He didn't even look his way. He's not. He is a he is a game manager to the nines, and he's not as good of a game manager as Alex Smith. Which is why I compare him to a worse second coming of Alex Smith. He's a he's a game manager, but he's not as good. So he that's where I see him is that he's gonna he's gonna cost well, Alex Smith has cost, has double the amount of experience, has playoff wins under his belt, has really come into his own. Uh, not only through the Harbaugh era, but over there with uh, Andy Reid, who's also a, a quarterback guru coach himself, despite not ever having a Super Bowl win under his belt. You know, but, but I understand the comparison you're making. But Alex Smith has better footwork. He has better eyes. Doesn't have the doesn't have a better arm. Has almost as good as legs. And he showed that last week, winning in overtime in San Diego with that rushing touchdown. I I, I hope I hope I'm not wording this wrong. That's that's my exact point. He's he's a worse. He's he's the next. He is the second coming of Alex Smith, but he's worse. That's what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. playing get Blaine Gabbert. He's he's he's. He is your guys' version of Alex Smith. He's just not as good. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I, I totally agree with that. He's not. I, I don't think he is. He's not. He's not going to air it out. He may air it out once in the next couple of weeks, but he's going to be exploited when you guys face a team like Carolina that has Cam Newton that will exploit your defense. When you guys face a team like Arizona, who will exploit your team. When you guys face a team like Seattle, who yes. As much as that was a terrible game against Miami, who we none of us believe in this year, to, I, even against Seattle, that to, to you guys, if you guys face a team that has weapons on the offensive side, Blaine Galbraith's going to be exposed, and I think that's the game. I, want, I wonder see. if Seattle's offense is mediocre this year, or is Miami's defense that much better? I'm going to go with the latter because I think because the you know, cause the, the addition of Mario Williams. That's my main point. Mario Williams. This is a prove it year for him, and although he left the game with a with a minor injury so far, I think he he was the main thing. He was getting a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. But Seahawks Seahawks offense has always been suspect. The, the offensive mm-hmm. line, Russell Wilson, their inability to to incorporate any wide receivers or tight ends into the offense outside of Marshawn Lynch's for running. I mean, like that's always been suspect on C, on the Seahawks uh, side. Not to mention, they start every year. Just it seems to be so slow, man. They start every year just not looking their way, and then around week eight, week nine, they just turn it on, man. Well, I mean, you know, Russell Wilson's crying like in front of a candle. <laughs> it's like this whole thing. It's this whole thing. Oh man! Literally crying in front of a candle. It's like a whole thing. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind him crying. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I really do. Okay, so okay. Uh, next up for the 49ers is Niners at Carolina. Oh man! Ooh, Ouch. oof, oof, oof. Ten o'clock game. This is a team that struggled on the road last year. Did not pack their defense. I don't expect Carolina to blow them out, but I don't exactly expect the 49ers' offense to shut out Cam Newton nor put up 28 points. Who wins? Well, uh, if we go back to the predictions, I I still stay I still stay on Carolina's bandwagon this year. 
Yeah, Carolina. They played. They played Denver really well. I mean, to be perfectly honest, Denver's offense is no more better than ours. Um, so I can see that. I'd be so. So here's oh the thing: God. if if that's any indication, then then we've got a fighting chance. It just depends on how well we can hold Cam defensively. And so, but but I still take Carolina here. In that's fact, I'm so going to say much easier said than done. I think this so one's far, more. I think this one becomes uh, figuring them out. I'm sorry. I said Denver's the only team to figure them out. That's because they so beat far. them at the high. They have a psychological advantage mm-hmm. over them at this point, and and that clearly mm-hmm. showed uh, last Sunday. And they love helmet to helmet tackles. That's part of it too. They love it, man. I can't believe they didn't get one penalty or 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 a suspend or a fine on that one, man. That was he he got hit to the head a lot. Any other game, if you even look at the quarterback's helmet, there's a flag. I mean, like if you even mm-hmm. blow a, a breath, we go. I've I've literally seen plays where where a defender put a shoulder pad into a quarterback's helmet, and they called helmet to helmet. I mean, it's clear on the replay it was a shoulder pad. Meanwhile, T.J. Ward literally, and I'm not saying it was on purpose, but literally T.J. Ward drove his helmet into into Cam Newton's side of his head, man. Cam Newton's helmet went across his face, and there was not a penalty. It is insane, oh, oh, man. I'll tell you one. The last time we played the Saints, that last sack, which was complete – Shoulder to shoulder, which they called. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. God. I remember that. That's what that's the that's the infamous four nineers call. Oh, that just pissed me off. Everyone, because everyone had off. that game. Oh, that <laughs> me off. I, I can tell you an exact game. Literally cost us the game. That stupid yeah. ass play. That's All right, fair. gentlemen. So, okay, so we got a uh, we got one minute left. So real quick before we we end this off, so. I have to call out one of my all-time idols, Bill Simmons. I was listening to his, one of his last podcasts, NFL Preview. He was talking about Rams versus 49ers uh, on Monday night, and he said he did not believe in the 49ers because, A, they lost their two best defensive players. One was out for a month. The other was out for a year. Who's out for a year? <laughs> I think he's referring to Ian Williams, if I had to guess. That's your guys' best defender? <laughs> in in yeah. his mind, apparently. <laughs> in his mind, apparently. So I had to send him I had to send him a tweet and I had to call him out on it and be like, Navarro Bowman's doing just fine. You, <laughs> said, uh, you think did you even include Navarro Bowman in that tweet? I did. I did. I did. I, I included Navarro Bowman. I was like at Navarro Bowman is doing just fine. And I, and I, was, I wasn't a dick. But he, here's the thing about Navarro Bowman. The, he tore his ACL against the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Championship. ACL and his MCL. Oh, he ACL tore both. Brutal injury. And you know what happened when Brutal it – Brutal injury. After the game, he literally – his leg was on the floor. He picked it up. He stapled it back to his knee and then oh, drank like – I remember watching that. Powder. It hurt so bad. Like it hurt me. Oh yeah, like he came back a year later. It was like Ugh. basically like a, a crutch, like you know the, the stick of a crutch. It was it was just stapled to his knee in a cleat, and then he basically led the NFL in most tackles for most of the season. 
Oh my God! What I mean, he led the tackles. He led the tackle. He finished the league. He finished the year with uh, leading the league in tackles. Yeah, he went to the Pro Bowl. He did. He did. He wasn't wasn't didn't necessarily have the coverage skills he used to have, but that was a given. But the fact that he could still stuff the run like he used to, and ended up beating out every other defender in the league on one leg. I really, really hate agreeing with the Niner points tonight, but yeah, that's Navarro Bowman's a beast, man. I can't, I can't deny that. I, I know greatness when I see it. He's Louis, a Louis, you know, you know, he led the game, uh, the led the Niners in most tackles even tonight. He did. I'm Seven not, tackles, I'm not two surprised. assists, one interception. Hey, but Seven that Alec Ogletree, guys, eleven tackles for Alec Ogletree on that on that's that true. shutout side, guys. That's yeah. one victory I can have tonight. <laughs> on that shutout side. We'll God that one. damn it. Damn it, Goldcast Nation. God damn it. 49er Faithful. Here we go. Raymond, where can they find us? You can find us and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at 49ers Goldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube to be on top of the latest and greatest episodes as they become live. Boom. Ray, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis, and that's about it. There you go. Louie, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at actually Louis B. There it is. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Rudy Solis third, Rudy Solis three R D. That is it. So concludes another edition of the 49er Goldcast. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa First, baby. And our Los Angeles co-host, Louis Bartone. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. And we are. Good shit, fellas.